0: proper story is supposed to start at the beginning. Ain't so simple with this one. Now here's a kid whose whole world got all twisted, leaving him stranded on a rock in the sky. He gets up, sets off for the bastion, where everyone agreed to go in case of trouble. Ground forms up under his feet as it pointed away. He don't stop to wonder why. And then he falls to his death. I'm just fooling. How's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host as always Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave?
1: Pretty fucking good. Really? That's yeah. pretty good.
0: This is because of the banana avocado tip. It's just yeah, it's uh <laughs>
1: it's really changed my perspective on the world. <laughs> and I hope to utilize it to its fullest extent. Yeah. By not clicking the link and forgetting about it.
0: That's fair. You, just, you can follow through on the promise to put all of your fruit in brown paper bags and you'll incidentally take advantage of the tip at some point. Yeah, you know those for those lunches
1: I make for those kids who live mm-hmm. in my house?
0: There's something satisfying. I, when I worked in um, retail at Sears, it was something kind of satisfying to bring in the rolled up brown paper bag lunch. Yeah, like a sandwich in there, maybe an apple or something. Um, I mean, I it know. depends how you do it.
1: There is something to having a packed lunch, and then when it's lunchtime, you're like, "Yo, check this out!" And then you have <laughs> the unveiling or the unboxing of mm-hmm. the. Gonna get out my sandwich, my chips, my apple, my drink. Oh my god! My man. my goldfish. It's nice to like have it all laid out. You're like this. This is mine. <laughs> now the question yeah, is: know. Do you eat things in order or ad hoc? And by that, I mean. If you're eating a sandwich, do you eat the entire sandwich before you move on to the next item?
0: Or are you like a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Yeah, I add some hock meat. Not like a lot. It's it's a (laughs) delicacy, but... (laughs) Always (laughs) add (laughs) hawk. hock. I think I usually used a relatively standard order, but my lunches were pretty basic when I was in retail. It was like uh, cream of wheat and an apple. So, like, there's only so much mix and match you can do there. <laughs> wow. If, if we
1: had never met, I would have known right then that you were white. Cream <laughs> of wheat is very much a... No, it's... When you're doing a job, it's harder to pack things that you really enjoy for food. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like, a, more of an eat to live. You're like, yes. hey, this is my shift. I just want to get over with. I'll have some food. It's not like, ooh, I'm going to have myself a little bit of break. And, ooh... Sweet and spicy chili Doritos. The sandwich that I made from home. Mm, oh my God. It has the best ingredients.
0: It did make me th- uh, mentioning that makes me think about like, um, I would occasionally go like I worked in the mall and I'd go out in the mall and like order a slice of pizza. But I think one of the, uh, the most noticeable tales about like the migration to middle class ness. I don't know if I'm actually middle class now, but I feel like it is, um, you don't worry so much about just like buying food. You're just like, oh, I, I'm just gonna go get food or something. Whereas I remember back then or back when I was in school, it was like, Ooh, I could, I could get like a large Subway sub, but that's that's some money, and I don't want to put myself in a corner. Now uh, you you find ways to like fill
1: out a meal, mm-hmm. or you yeah, just forgo exactly. certain
0: things noodles and stuff
1: they'd be like oh do they have free water
0: nice (laughs) yeah
1: exactly (laughs) yeah um back before i had i mean i guess it would have been college like i would have had certain things expense on like a meal plan yeah but i didn't have a job at the time so any like of dave spending money usually went to a small couple of things
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah you try and extend what you got that's where you come up with all these like cool ass college meals, which I won't go into now
0: because uh-huh. we've already spent four minutes <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fair we can talk we'll we'll save some of this for the um income inequality episode that we've got coming up here we'll we'll go into our backgrounds, talk about how we progress through life, our perspectives on some of this stuff, but until then, we could talk about video games, and one of those is uh. Uh, Bastion also an Overwatch character yeah um,
1: this game was actually named after the Overwatch character it's kind of a mm-hmm. spin-off Yeah. I lied you knew I was lying um, <laughs> this is one of the rumored super giant games the yeah, first one that them. we never talked about <laughs> yeah. we've talked about all the other ones since and we just
0: skipped over it the entire time did we cover Transistor? We must. Totally Bro, remember. yeah. Couldn't remember if we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did. I remember the music now. Um, I think
1: we did Transistor, Pyre, Hades in that order. Or we did Pyre first, then we went back to Transistor.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: In any case, this is Supergiant's flagship title. And I also just yes. like saying that phrase. <laughs> Supergiant's flagship? Well, flagship <laughs> title. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, that's fair too um the uh i i I played this like two years i think after it came out so it came out in like um what was it 2011 i think i played it two years after that 2013 um so it was amazing um and i went back and replayed it for this and man it's it's really just a little bit of top level overview here. It is a isometric action sort of uh, with some RPG elements game, um, but has all of the super giant trappings, like every single one of them to the point where like, I, I, I don't want to say they're derivative against themselves because it really is their theme, but they always have the exact same, you know, strong points and core elements to all the games i mean that's not a bad
1: thing jacob no it's, it's not like bad, they've kind of really relegated themselves to having good
0: music great art design the voice uh-huh. acting is out of this world <laughs> well no i mean it's it's even more than that though like weapon challenges um some similar combat uh that, you know was clearly based off oh, like, yeah, a modified no. engine stuff like that um I don't mean to say it is a bad thing because it's not like this is Call of Duty. It's not like they re- oh let's just repackage it, right? They're not doing that. But um, I do see what you mean though. Like I was using the not what not the bow.
1: What's the repeater gun before you uh, get pistols? It's something Fang. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's a repeater. But using that, or even using just the Bonebreaker bow, I'm like Hades. Mm-hmm. So like, you do see a little bit of uh, homage back to Bastion where they're kind of playing around some of those things. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so that was cool. I will yeah. say though, going back to this, it's definitely the clunkiest of the Supergiant games. But I didn't feel it at the time. Hmm. Like, I
0: t- Sorry,
1: go ahead. I was going to say, at the time, like everything like you said felt really crisp and it was my introductory experience into it and mm. it was mm. choice um this game also made me cry like this is a <laughs>
0: solid game i almost cried at the end of this like when i, when I beat it again I'm, See, like, that's I a fucking all, sign all if all you know, if you've played through the game to its entirety uh-huh. again
1: shout out to last of us and you get back to the same point and you start feeling those same feelings again yeah. even though it should be law of diminishing returns you should already know mm-hmm. that means like it actually
0: has emotional evocation yeah in those spots i I was gonna i was gonna say in in regards to the clunkiness i didn't feel it as much there was a couple points but i think it could just be because you played hades pretty recently it's definitely because i played hades and just like to describe the difference i guess and like how they feel hades is like a higher resolution game is like literally what it feels like you have more room to play around more mobility Oh well, yeah, everything it's definitely is smoother. Advanced in all ways, and it's designed as a roguelike. Right. Whereas
1: Bastion is more laid out as you're going through and exploring a level. And one of the cool things for they do with the art design is for a lot of the level, you don't see it until you start moving in that area, and it starts to like kind of build it out in front of you.
0: Yeah. I did not I mean. realize how prevalent that was. Yeah, it's something that's I guess like Transistor might have it to a lesser extent, a very much lesser extent. It, but Bastion's I think it had it worlds. in one part of the game. In Transistor, <laughs> much less at exact. the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool style. So the the world, I guess, is uh, this is post calamity, whatever that was. You wake up, the kid wakes up, and um, everything's discombobulated. They're all islands of squares, and the, they build. In front of you as you walk although i will say from a gameplay perspective that um i found a couple times where that was actually a little bit obnoxious the game has like a little helper system where if you take too long to find like the way forward it'll be like here's a blue arrow but the reason they had to go back and add the here's a blue arrow for the way forward was sometimes you don't know the way forward if you haven't gotten close enough to it to start building out the platform oh so you're just kind of like walking along the edges you're like
1: platforms
0: yeah, yeah. one of these things is the trigger
1: i um, will say it, at least for me playing this time around i can't speak to many years ago when i first played it still feels
0: fairly intuitive
1: i'm sure mm-hmm. i did get kind of misdirected once or twice
0: yeah it was it was rare that i was actually lost um I kind of speed ran it this time and the, uh, uh, the the rate at which I beat it wouldn't have been possible if it was too confusing. I think. Yeah, That's true. Um, so quick
1: mechanics question. Uh, so there is a dodge roll in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an active ability, which is like a, a special that uses like a charge. Uh, you have health, obviously. You can refill that with some potions and then you have two weapons. Now, I found out, again, like, you do have some melee weapons, you have some range weapons, but you can double up. So, oh, you yeah. can have, like, this button is bound to weapon slot one. So, for a little bit, I was running around with, like, shotgun and a carbine, and I was just
0: popping caps. <laughs> what did you do for this playthrough? I switch weapons a couple times because I think some of the later weapons are just legitimately oppressively good. Oh my god, yeah! Um, even before like the super in-game stuff, but um, uh, so I barely use the hammer. I almost never use the hammer. It actually has some good upgrades to it, but I drop it before even getting those upgrades. Uh, but machete, is oh, machete, amazing! Um, there's the game has upgrade paths where you can get like. A something upgrade item. People from Dark Souls will like remember these as like something shiny or something smooth or whatever, right? Similar deal. Something heavy, something sharp. Um, and like the something sharps can be used to upgrade the machete. And one tree side of the tree is like crit. It's all crit chance, crit based, whatever. And I'm like, Dave took this probably. And the other Shut side. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and the other side was a uh, movement slow and a bleed. Yeah, which which is the one I did. Wow. One, I love that you know me
1: because I will always fucking pray to RNGs is if I can <laughs> boost my crit chance a little bit, mm, because it's going to hit you
0: and it's yeah. going to hurt. I mean, this is the game for it, though. Um, there's other sorts of upgrades you can stack that can get your crit chance, like, insane.
1: Yeah, I didn't play around too, too much with abusing it. I know early on in my, my first playthrough... I did also gravitate to machete for that reason, mm-hmm. because there's almost no delay in attack time. You can just keep mashing your attack button, oh my gosh, yeah, uh, if you and need you a ranged option, you can hold the attack and then it'll switch to, like throwing it out, and mm-hmm. there are some upgrades where you can say like, oh, I will throw multiple machetes, <laughs> like yeah. you know how like they hold the knife and it like fans out, uh-huh and then throw out a couple um the multi shot arrow. I don't remember if I went shotgun or some other overly super oppressive explosive aoe rain option i did this time like mortar
0: yeah i i had carbine as my off for a while but i used it as like my primary attack because it's so good um and i had that in conjunction with like a lifesteal uh, potion yeah which i love um and then i did go mortar because the um the special for mortar the one that uses the tonics is um it creates a turret where the shot lands and the turret doesn't time out it just exists there till it dies so in like wave defense missions or things like that you can just drop like five turrets as you continue to pick things up and you're like beat the game for me i'm gonna be here (laughs) so So there are different like passive
1: what what shakes referring to as tonics you can equip for like oh uh, 10% damage reduction type things. And mm-hmm. one of them is to boost your number of overall... What are the black potions called? I can't remember. I just, they were the like charge for the, the weapon abilities. Um, yeah. You can increase mm-hmm. the number of those. So I think normally it's like three health potions, three black tonics.
0: Yeah, you um, can get like another two, I think.
1: Yeah, you can do that for either of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess Jake went the route of going very spell casty.
0: Yeah, I was just... If they can't see me to aggro on me and I can kill them, <laughs> then we're good. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the weapons The weapons are really fun. I think that uh, they definitely start you on the most boring kit, which I mean, from a game design perspective, yeah. you probably should. But I mean, it's, it's like st- tutorial
1: stuff and they're like, hey, here's how you roll. Here's how you smack things with a hammer. Here's yeah. your shield and here's how you can like perfect guard stuff.
0: I did like that um, one of the, the the technique you can unlock with a hammer is like an uppercut, but you have to be standing stationary to do it. So it's the like weapon that actually has tech in a way, but I'm just like, I don't have the, the uh, self-control to actually use it like that. So I'm just going to use something else. You mentioned the shield, though. Shield is the true man's weapon. It's it's really good. The kid's weapon, I should say. Like if things are <laughs>
1: hitting you in the front, you're good things are hitting you from the side you will be hit but Mm -hmm. if you time your block correctly instead of just holding it out you can deflect projectiles back at people Um, you can also essentially deflect melee
0: attacks yeah where they take the damage instead and they get kind of like stunned and knocked back yeah usually like there's a little bit of recoil if you just block a melee attack on their part but if you straight up like counter it with a deflect they're just like out of it for several seconds
1: also, one of the reasons you don't want to be knocked back is like how we talked about before about these platforms that kind of generate the map as you go. Um, there's no bounding boxes for any of like you're always on a floating platform in the sky somewhere. Yes, yeah. so you can get knocked off. Now, it's not instant death, but it will take some of your health and like drop you back on Locky
0: Two style. Mm-hmm. There's actually a um, I don't know if it was a potion. I think it might have been a potion that uh, reduces your fall your fall damage, the damage you take when you fall off of yeah and fall back and increases the damage you deal if you fall on an enemy. So you could literally <laughs> ledge yourself just to kill an enemy. You could do that, but there also are like some really
1: big bads who mm-hmm. their attacks will knock you up if you don't block it. Mm-hmm. And you can press A to land faster, so you can kind of skyfall on them. Yeah.
0: It's like um, it's like in Hollow Knight speed runs where you have to press a button to mitigate your uh your fall animation. It's the exact same thing. Press a button, or you'll he'll uh, have like a get up animation when you land.
1: You got it, Uke me. Yeah, ground so. tech that shit.
0: But yeah, it's uh, it's got it's got some really solid weapons in there. There's like the flamethrower, which I like only use in as long as I have to. Um. Mortar is amazing, and then like like game nonsense, um, but they're all they're all kind of paced. Usually, the ranged weapons have like a refire delay or a cooldown of some sort, um, so it's a little bit harder to exclusively rely on them. Um, but you, you actually took two ranged weapons. One of the things I loved was um, anytime you take uh, you switch your weapons out, like at the arsenal, which is the building where you can do this. Um, you get a unique line of dialogue where Rux will comment on whatever your loadout is. He's just like, oh, he's taking a, a like Bushman spear and a shotgun. It's like, Wild's better watch out or something like that. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do a lot with minimalism.
1: Because mm-hmm. I feel this game doesn't give you a lot in the way of... Story. Now, let me clarify the fuck out of yeah, that because yeah. oh, it yeah. does have a really good and decently in-depth story.
0: Mm-hmm. But it- like putting bullet points underneath what you're, <laughs> you're saying, <I'm> bullet- <laughs> bullet. <laughs> Dave, Dave, shut the fuck up, Dave. This is gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Dave.
1: But like similar to Dark Souls, it doesn't say here's the story. You get a mm-hmm. lot of things very piecemeal. When yeah. you start out, the narrator's talking about some stuff. You don't know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. even when you find out what's going on, you still don't really know what's going on. And it's not really until the end of the game. And even at the end of the game, it's possible that you missed what had happened. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, I definitely got because I played it when I was a young lad. Um, Mm. Actually, if I do the math, I was was at least 20. (laughs) 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 Shit. (laughs) But that's one thing I like. Uh, A lot of it is built out through small journal entries or if you pick up an item while out on a mission, then you bring it back and you talk to an NPC, you get to hear like a couple sentences of like, oh, hey, this is from that thing and here's its context. You're like, okay, I'm learning a little bit more about the world. Hmm. So I like that it does that, that it's not over the top in its storytelling. You have to pay attention,
0: but then you learn, you're rewarded for it in a way it's kind of like um uh i'm going to have like weird comparisons for all this stuff but in doom 2016 oh the, what the fuck <laughs> uh, you you got like story about the slayer by interacting with like the demon runes like in hell yeah. you would just recount like a story about it and they're completely optional you don't have to interact with them whatsoever and the devs are just like if you just want to smash things in the face don't bother with them it won't matter <laughs> um and similarly in Bastion, um, these like trinkets and collectibles you find, you can just show them to people and be like, what's your opinion on this Marshals badge. And like Rux or the narrator, the old guy will be like, Oh, you know, he'll talk about like how the Marshals are good for society and all this stuff. But like somebody else might be like, Oh, this was more of a symbol of, um, r- like rules and oppression or something like that. Um, And I loved like that method of storytelling because the protagonist is completely silent. The kid who you play as like doesn't say anything. Um, Just makes falling noises, I think. And grunts when he lands (laughs) as one one would (laughs) kind of pulls the, uh, the link thing a little bit. (laughs) But uh, like showing these trinkets to all these other people and getting their perspectives on the world is what, Fills out like all of the world building. Um, oh
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: I don't find that really agree. <laughs> you
1: you are just correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you get up to three different perspectives because you have the narrator, the old man. Yep. Um, who's there initially? Uh, you have Zolf, mm-hmm. who's an Ura. Yep. Which is, is different from the narrator guy who is uh Ceylandian. yeah mm-hmm. the main it's like a slightly different complexion and hair color yeah but there's two different groups of people uh there's also Zia who you find later on who is also an ura
0: right mm-hmm. yeah and uh like i guess we should talk about what the overarc arcing like objective is at least initially in the game should we describe what bastion is at least (laughs) yes probably yeah so like um when you first arrive in bastion i think you pick up a core before you go there the first time i'm not 100 on that though you Um, do yeah um the old man's there and bastion is a nice green floating uh island And the main objective for the first eh, probably not half, but like 30, 40% of the game is just collecting cores. Um, Then each time you grab one, you put it in this monument at the center and uh, bastion expands and you can bring in buildings um, for like upgrades and customization and stuff like that. And you're basically like building a city. Yeah. So essentially
1: the lore around bastion is it's where people plan to meet up. If shit ever hit the fan. Shit mm-hmm. clearly hit the fan with the calamity, which we still don't really know what that is at this point. Yeah. Um but given these cores, Bastion, the Bastion, is able to essentially rewind time or bring back something that was destroyed. So it's mm-hmm. slowly like rebuilding parts of this destroyed society. So like Jake said, you are going through and collecting the cores to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um they don't dump that on you until like really late. That it's actually to fix everything. You just know Uh, that you're fixing the bastion, and as a
1: player, you're like, "Oh, cool! I can now pray to the gods to make things more challenging." Yeah, I can go to a lost and found as like a side shop. I can upgrade my weapons here in
0: in their games. Right, pray to the gods. That one's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. I think they have something against praying to the gods. I think the developers may have some issues because they're like, "Do people want to pray to the gods to make our lives harder?" (laughs) Let's put that in all of our games. (laughs) Um, but some of the best god names like ever they're, they're so cool anyways um, do you want to regale us with some I don't remember them all I don't remember like any of them uh, my favorites are definitely from Pyre though because they sound like Cthulhu-esque outer worlds type deities um, the only one I can remember from Bastion is like pith which is fun to say pith
1: <laughs> you're gonna pith me off <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, low hanging yeah. fruit. But they, they they actually wait to tell you like that. Um, Bastion can rewind time and like undo the calamity. Um, but it explains one of the characters' like man- mannerisms, which is the old man basically never he never asks your name. He doesn't actually try to get to know you or really invest in socialization at all. He just wants you to repair Bastion. Um, and it's because it wouldn't matter. Like as soon as it's done, we're just going to go back and undo this. So what's the point? Um, yeah.
1: Which um, I like. I like that. I never actually looked at his perspective as much in that regard. Um, I don't remember if he had full knowledge when I was playing through or ulterior motives. But I so guess he, he did he have made,
0: knowledge. Yeah, he made the Bastion um he was like the lead designer or the person who like created the system basically oh wow i clearly missed that um on my second playthrough yeah that doesn't come through until like pretty late um and it's mostly in his interactions with zia yeah that that's really revealed um talking about zolf a little bit though yes
1: also as you you guys should know it is spoilers uh the game has been out for a while but it's still uh, a solid play. Read the descriptions, people. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's nice to have this as like a an untainted experience, for reasons that we'll get into a little bit later. But the whole thing with Zolf is, uh, when you find him, he's just kind of standing there agape because he lost pretty much everything in the calamity, as did staring. a lot of people.
0: He's um, just staring at the sky. What do you say to a man who's seen too much? Kid hasn't a clue, but he says this. We have to go, please. He's a proper gentleman, that man. His name is Zulf.
1: Also, usually any bodies that you found have just been kind of calcified. Mm-hmm. Or like, like ash. Yeah. They just kind of got wiped out in like a nuclear explosion or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you find Zulf, he's a survivor. And mm-hmm. then later on, when you find Zia, you do find a journal of Zia's father. Yeah. Um, and it's in the Eras native tongue. Mm-hmm. And now Zia grew up in Ceylandia, so she's not really able to read it. She didn't grow up traditionally. Yeah. Um, and so the only person who can read really read it is Zolf. But when mm-hmm. he
0: reads it, he gets
1: heckin heckin pissed
0: yeah uh, and so there's like, actually there's there's a line when the narrator when you show him the book the narrator says like uh zulf like learns a lot reading the journal yeah too much and then it was just like what was that <laughs> what was that That last thing yeah <laughs> uh, it gets explained later what that actual
1: piece is uh, mm. but essentially do you want to just hop into deep plot stuff, or where do you want to leave that? Yeah,
0: I mean, okay, I'm I'm fine with whatever. Um, the plot really develops; uh, it it's it's a lot of it's concentrated toward the end. I would say, like you pick it, you're picking up these people, you're bringing them to the bastion. Um, each person is kind of like a beacon of hope in a way, because they're another person you can talk to. You can show them all the collectibles that you showed everybody else prior uh, to kind of like catch up on their perspective and um but the the game like leaves things unanswered for a while they're just yeah. like no just find the next core what are you what are you doing <laughs> right like um
1: yeah you're kind of left with this feeling of there's something i'm not seeing yet yes it keeps saying case- like hey there's some other stuff going on you're like what is that stuff though
0: yeah and the kid really doesn't take like the perspective of an investigator. This isn't like call of Cthulhu or something. No, or it's like,
1: literally just a manifestation of the player. Mm-hmm. That's it.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Zulf starts out like really friendly. And like you said, when he, when he sees the journal, when you pick up the singer Zia, who you also meet in this nice, like uh, tranquil area, and you hear her singing as you approach. And I'm just like, man, this game's so good. Uh, it's so good. Yeah.
1: Um. Since Jake is editing this week, and since he already has the idea, but I will also put, it plant that seed in his brain. Uh, there is something that they do throughout the game where they have different themes for characters, namely oh. Zolf and Zia, and they're two great standalone songs, and I like them. Mm-hmm. But there's a point at the end of the game where they literally play them at the exact same time mm-hmm. and it fits perfectly. And I cried for other reasons. Yeah. But uh, the game's so good in that regard that I forgot my train of thought.
0: Supergiant makes ridiculously good. Di- like Darren Corp makes ridiculously good music. And in particular for supergiant games, it's hard to overhype hype it. Um, it's tough to pick there's like for like emotionally impactful soundtracks that still hit me it's like super giants games undertale and not a whole lot else that i can put like in the top spots the very top spots um but this is one of those top spots <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> without putting you on them without so trying I to force go. you to come up with number three <laughs> i was like green greens i don't know Gour- gourmet race <laughs> Yeah, crazy chocobo. Um, no, but uh, it's it's just such a it's such a beautiful scene, like when you get when you find it the first time. And you you talked a little bit about her backstory. Um, the game eventually does give you more detailed information about the characters, but it's always in this like um, it's the opposite of the uh, the Batman earpiece, where it's like, hey, we're gonna slow the player down. And make sure that they like get this narration, this dialogue. Instead, they're like battle arena, and I'm going to be talking over all of it. Go, (laughs) yeah.
1: There are like a couple of trinkets you can get where they become interactable in the bastion. The first one I think is like a dream pipe, Mm -hmm, and I think that gives you the backstory of the kid, Mm -hmm, and you find out like uh, he had like a single parent. His yep. parent died. He was a soldier fought on the wall for a
0: bit. Um, he went back twice. He was the only person to go back to the wall. Yeah. I don't think he back.
1: had anything else. Yeah. I think they he came
0: back and his mom was dead and uh, the money he was sending her was gone. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going back. <laughs> um, then there are other ones for
1: Zolf and Zia as well. But like mm-hmm. Jake said, it'll show like, hey, here's how so many memory fragments you have left, like, what? And you're on this isometric square, basically. Maybe some other um, minor hurdles or barricades. Yeah. And it's they just start just spawning inspiring. in waves of enemies. Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of talk a little bit about, like, Zulf grew up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not doing the narrator's voice justice, but it it has you always hanging on the edge of your seat, and you want to know also you don't want to get your ass kicked
0: but it does a good job of driving you forward and they're they're tough encounters too like they get pretty hard at the end um at the end of i think Zia's in particular they put you up against like two boss monsters um that's where jake
1: has the turrets
0: (laughs) yeah uh it was such a pain not having the spear because they're these guys that like Tur- bu- burrow under the ground and then like you have to walk over them they'll burst up trying to kill you um, oh i did a lot of roll turn and
1: then there's an upgrade for the shotgun where it does like a double blast Um uh, okay. and then i would repeat mm-hmm. that
0: yeah these are those encounters where having like effective weapons are actually against this particular enemy is really good um but the uh the narration is like amazing um Rux is the name of the narrator. I think the only place that you see his name is like in a loading screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it legitimately legitimately is not in the game anywhere else.
1: And he's the um, only person talking throughout the whole game. Outside of Zia's singing.
0: Yeah. And the very, 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 very end. Like at the final choice. Um, and I forgot. I forgot about this part. I've really forgotten it. about this, please. Okay. Uh, but at the very end, um, when you're showing Zia like the last collectibles uh, to get basically her opinion about what you do at the end of the game, um, she doesn't. It's not uh, the narrator telling you like her thoughts really anymore or like her opinions and stuff. She just speaks to you, um, and it's like, oh, I get the chills. It's that so fuck,
1: that has to be so impactful because literally, if you don't have if you have something removed the entire time, as soon as you mm-hmm. introduce it, it's fucking gigantic. Like Undertale did a great job of this. Um, Throughout the first part of the game, you're doing like, "Hey, here's how combat works. You're Mm -hmm. in this little box. You move left and right. You're kind of just floating there." And then, I think it's not Sans. um, Papyrus, Papyrus's fight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It starts adding in these new mechanics, where one gravity is now a factor and also you can kind of float off the screen at a point and it it breaks your reality because it says like hey here's what the pace is going to be here's the level bar and this is all you're going to get prize so when they do that it can become very impactful
0: especially with actual dialogue oh my gosh yeah a 100 percent, yeah because like um there's also there, there's reasons why that's impactful in this moment, and one of them is like uh, because from a certain perspective. So we're we're at the very end of the game. Let's come back to that in just a second, um, and we'll explain the context for it. Um, you know what this was as soon as you click the link. <laughs> Sit down. <Yeah. laughs> this is the the lore episode with uh, Dave and Jake. But um, going back to. Uh, to zia in her gauntlet thing you find out that she um like you mentioned uh lived in say Ce- um she doesn't know the language of the Ura. she can't read it at least um but she meets this this uh and she's she's basically persecuted because they were at war ceilandia and the Ura were at war yeah
1: where the Ura were have you heard this before treat as second class citizens <laughs> yes
0: exactly it's like the Ura attacked the Ceylonians. You're like, oh, that's bad. It's like because they built a railway through the middle of like their their natural area or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's also bad. <laughs> um, but anyways, people think she's a spy, and basically, she's just here. She can't leave the city uh, because people are afraid that um, she'll like sh- steal secrets or something, right? But her dad is working for the Ceylonian government and he's also around, obviously. Anyways other kids aren't nice to her but one kid is. There's this nice Ceylonian boy um, who uh, is just like super interested in her culture all this stuff um, and she falls for him. Uh, eventually they go to like meet her dad and the boy talks to her dad in their native tongue in uh, Ura. Urin? I don't know what it is. The Ura tongue. And the dad gets indignant, really angry, throws them both out. And what the girl doesn't know is the boy insulted her father by using the Ura language. Because um, he's not of Ura descent. Exactly. Uh, and this is all just like his long ploy, I guess. She, he convinces her to leave, uh, tries to run away with her, like together, but he actually turns her in puts a family in a corner and her dad's taken away, basically, in exchange for her freedom. The last thing her dad says is like go to the basement, lock yourself in, uh, which she does with his journal. And then the calamity happens.
1: All right. Fun part. Twist, right? So mm-hmm. you know how we said we don't know what the calamity is or how it happened? So the calamity was actually something designed by the Ceylonian government to wipe out the aura, essentially, yep. it's the equivalent of an atom bomb.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, th- obviously, um, Zia's dad knew this. I don't remember if he was actually—I don't think he was working
0: on it, but I think he was aware of it. He was—he was basically forced to work on it. Okay, um, that was his exchange for having like status in society.
1: Yeah, um, but he ends up. He knows what they're planning to do, but he's fed up with them as a whole. And he says, fuck you. I will use it against you. Um, yeah. So when he tells his daughter Zia to lock herself in the basement, he knows she'll be safe there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he literally sets off the nuke that they were planning to
0: use against the Ur's territory. Yeah. he He had, like, modified it so it was indiscriminate basically because before it was like specific ethnic cleansing yeah and now it's just everybody's gonna have a bad day (laughs) and everyone has a bad day (laughs) so now we know
1: what the calamity is right Mm -hmm. and now we understand the purpose of the bastion Mm -hmm. Uh, is like a a way to reset all the damage that had been done and set things back now why is zulf angry you may ask Mm mm-hmm one. Oh. They t- <laughs> I was going to let Why you answer that if you angry? wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were trying to wipe out his fucking people. And they're already mm-hmm. at odds to a degree. Yeah. A, a decent degree. Um, but then he reads uh, Zia's dad's journal. Mm-hmm. And understands what they were actually trying to do. And then also understands the purpose of the Bastion is to be able to fix any damage that was done to the Ceylonian society. Mm-hmm. So his concern now is that they're going to bring back Ceylandia as a whole and bring back all these bigoted, hateful people who are again, going to try to destroy what is left of the Ura survivors.
0: Yeah. And there's, I don't know if the game's like specific about whether it would always also, if it like rewinds time. And so thus would bring back the Era. but Rux mentions that like in exchange with Zia, he's not given that they would literally literally be going back in time, he's not sure things would end differently. He's like, you might be asking what would prevent the calamity from happening again, and I have no answer. Um so like Zolf doesn't need faith, like he doesn't shouldn't have faith in that. And his whole backstory, TLDR, not going into detail I went with Zia. He uh, was raised by a foreign missionary who taught him good things, all this stuff. He basically advocated for Salandia, came like with his own people, came, was in Salandia, was accepted. Everybody loved him. uh, Got proposed, like proposed to a Salandian woman, had a list Salandian like wedding or whatever. And then like on like the night um, of their wedding or whatever, um, she died to the calamity and he survived because he was super drunk and he passed out. (laughs) So, he's had a rough life. <laughs> not saying alcohol will save your
1: life, but try it out. Um, right. <laughs> just in case of the calamity. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and the specifics of the calamity are not... I don't think they go into detail. Of it, it basically broke the world and turned people to ash. Other than that, we don't really know what happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
1: So, like, his life is turned on its head. A lot of people's lives are turned on their heads, so it's mm-hmm. interesting to have those perspectives, which all kind of guide you to your decision mm-hmm. to what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to keep finishing the Bastion and set things back to the way they were in the hopes that they will be fixed? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to try and build your own brighter tomorrow because you can't go back to the way things were. Those ways mm-hmm. were fucked. Even though So I watched a YouTube video of a guy doing his take on this. And I really liked his thoughts of you're going through and collecting these shards to rebuild Mm. the Bastion. Now, if you're going that way, you can technically justify all of your destruction of like the natural wildlife and the people you find, which are usually, I should think, only Ura survivors. Um,
0: It's worth mentioning that these areas usually fall, like literally fall apart when you steal a core or a shard. Like it's wildlife, like teams around this because it's a source of stability that you steal.
1: Yeah. It's like some natural resource that is providing this, but you kind of go through, you yeet it and then you literally get the fuck out of there Mm -hmm. because things do start to break down. So if you are going through trying to rebuild everything you could say, oh, hey, um, it'll be fine. I can undo mm-hmm. everything.
0: Right. Ultimate which, justification.
1: Yeah. Which was with uh, Future Diaries had a similar plot trope. Mm-hmm. Where the person just keeps going ahead like, it doesn't matter. Once I win, I can go back and fix everything. Yeah, if fine. you can be God. you can. Yeah, if I can whatever. be God, I can make anything i want
0: happen and i can undo all this murder and chaos right Um, and that's the justification rux gives you in the game whenever you've done something that could be considered nebulous uh morally he's like as soon as as soon as we're done this will all be worth it like we'll we'll fix it it'll be like it never happened
1: yeah but also a lot of times as you're playing through the game uh if you don't know the ramifications it just seems like uh one-off statement like hey kid, you're on the mission welcome back type thing mm-hmm. it just seems very off the cuff nonchalant it doesn't seem like you are literally destroying something yes mm-hmm. in the hopes of building something else
0: nobody's telling you like no you have to do this you need to kill this wildlife and seal their 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 shard we absolutely need it he's just like i oh, just you know get the shard do what you have to do um they don't put emphasis on it. It's something you kind of discover a little bit. Yeah. But the game toward the end, um, like Zolf, you mentioned, he gets really angry. He uh, tells his the other his fellow Ura who come and attack the Bastion. They and put this in quotes steal away Zia, but actually she goes with them. You find out once you find her um, to figure out what they're like, uh, and then the kid. Goes for the last shard. He has to get the shard. Because again, like you were saying, this is his imperative. This is how he fixes everything. This is how Rux fixes everything. Um, so nothing you do on that path is unjustifiable. And you kill a lot of Ura. Just a whole... I'm gesturing with my arm as I do this. A whole lot of Ura. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's done it's in a way to emphasize how many. Like it's mm-hmm. a
0: comedic number. The game the game has you it'll put you like on one little island with terrain and then you'll like fight some guys move off the island and then it'll be like day three and one of them's like you're resting in a campfire and a guy tries to like kill you in your sleep but he wakes up you wake up at the last moment and you fight him off um, it's literally a, a montage a travel montage of yeah. <laughs> the kid
1: <laughs> man this game's heavier than I remember <laughs> yeah going
0: back um, but i i it's all it's all important because again, Supergiant made this game, so things mean things, yeah, um, but it makes the ending matter when you get there.
1: You always notice that their endings are kind of bittersweet, yes, <laughs> they know how to inspire feels <laughs> hades t v d an official ending, I know it's like a different game style.
0: Um, Ending for Hades spoilers. Just never listen to the podcast again. If you care. (laughs) But I mean like obviously with Pyre you have the
1: you can't save everybody. Certain people will be stuck in
0: like the downside. Um, Yeah. Transistor obviously um, we're going to spoil all of them. Skip ahead like (laughs) 15 seconds. I'll just cut this whole thing out. They're good at bittersweet. (laughs) <laughs> leaving they it like that um, they are. I'll leave it all in because we didn't actually spoil anything just went around it <laughs> so basically after a point
1: uh, you do find Zolf. yes uh, I do not remember the exact state you uh, find him in he's getting
0: the crap beat out of him by the aura. <laughs>
1: What changed there? Why are they doing so, that?
0: So this is like basically over or around a week of you venturing into their territory, chasing him down. And they've realized at this point that the reason that you're here is because he has the last shard and you, they like wrecked the bastion on it at his behest. And he's brought, I'm going to say the slayer, the <laughs> doom bringer down upon them in the form of the kid. Uh, And they're not okay with it. They're like, you have cost us, you know, however many lives at this point. A lot. Um, And for what? Yeah. You've brought this upon us, literally. Yeah. Um, And for no gain for them. They didn't get anything out of it. It was just devastation. Um, But yeah, you can fight off the ones that are beating him him up. And then you're presented with a choice
1: the choice from this point is you have like this god weapon at this point it's a it's a battering ram yes I but yeah. it like auto deflects shots and then it does insane amounts of melee damage and mm. even its other attack is like this aoe
0: like earthshaker stomp it's yeah it it's insane the black tonic move rains fire from the sky it's a meteor swarm Mm -hmm. doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense it doesn't i i to this day have no idea why this weapon is in the game
1: (laughs) magic um but you have the option to keep going through kill all the aura and then take the shard or you can stop Mm
0: -hmm. you can pick up
1: zolf and essentially carry him out
0: yeah I think at this point, like you, you actually get the shard right before the choice for Zulf, because um, the aura had taken it. Um, I'm going to goof on this last bit a, a decent amount. I apologize. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, the only reason it matters is because um, you don't have you don't have like an either or choice. It's just take Zulf or leave him. Yeah. Uh, but if you do take Zulf, you do you cannot attack. Yes, I would
1: like to point <laughs> that part out. Um, you are armed with a man (laughs) yeah you can't block with the man either i want to point that out you're literally just slow carrying him Mm -hmm. um so as you're going through these hordes of ura with a lot of guns or yeah bows projectiles usually um they keep attacking you as you're walking Mm -hmm. and it becomes like scripted
0: like you're not actually taking health damage uh it's more you do for a while though they put the UI, they take the UI away, but you still get pro- you get prompts, the screen turns red, and it's like, use a potion. And I'm like, okay, I'll use the potion. <laughs> and you could use a potion. Oh wow. Yeah. Like it's I said, just, I'm gonna uh, keep
1: goofing on the last impactful moments of the game. Um, well, you're you're also correct. I don't think they would I don't think they kill you. No, I don't think you can actually die. Um but at a point, they actually stop. Mm-hmm like they realize you're not on like a wanton rampage they're not there to really kill them anymore you just you see zolf somebody who was your friend um and you're just looking to take him out of that place you want you want to take him back make sure he's okay who's beat to shit you're getting beat to shit um and it just it felt me with so much feels
0: is quite a moment they they do a lot of storytelling by just showing you things and like this scene is emblematic of that i think there's just like what's the kid's motivation well if he chooses to take solf it's to literally lay down his weapon put his life his life in the hands of these or and rely on their ability to forgive him basically for all the people he's killed also recognize he's just taken zolf out or you keep the weapon and you're just like a murderer or something i don't know nobody does that (laughs) um uh, but like one of the enemies towards the end actually uh seeing you approaching like opens up and starts firing at you again and then his ally this other ura cuts him down because he's just like no what are you doing let them go right Um, You dishonor, dishonor on you. (laughs) Um,
1: It's, it's really well done. And then at the end, you are presented with that final choice of, Mm -hmm. Hey, do I rebuild the bastion with all those ramifications that we mentioned? Or do I not with all those ramifications that we mentioned?
0: You basically get like a button at the end. That's just like primary, function and then auxiliary function or the primary is go back in time and auxiliary is just like go airborne essentially <laughs> become Hal's flying bastion or whatever howls moving bastion yeah um and this is the part where uh zia actually talks to you and the reason we got back there we made it full made circle it. uh back to the end the reason um the fact that she has a voice at this moment has impact is because Rux all the way up to this point, including kind of when you talk to him is like, you know, let's go ahead. I mean, it's your choice, but I mean, you've done a lot of things. We should go back in time, (laughs) right? Like, uh, if you don't go back in time at this point, then what you did is no longer justified, right? Like you will actually be taking all of that consequence upon yourself. Um, and Z is like, i don't want to go back i want to go forward she's like i want to travel the world i want to you know actually learn who you people are um and going back to not knowing and in a world that'll probably end up the same way but maybe wouldn't isn't enough for her if she wants to go forward so they give her a voice because she's it's not just the narrator Telling you a different perspective of what he feels, or what other people are thinking, (laughs) exactly, or (laughs) a little bit of that. But usually, usually the voice they use for the narrator, if it's someone else looking at it, is they'll use a voice of he kind of like has an omnipresent like tone, but he's telling their story from like a third person perspective. Yeah, Um, it's pretty well done. But and then you actually make a choice. You either. Do rewind, at which point you go back to the beginning of the game, <laughs> um, or you don't, and you get this nice credit. Well, you get credits in either case, but credits and like a um, bunch of splash screens of them exploring and flying and like Zulf learning how to cook and all this stuff. And it's just, it's all just this most heartwarming, fluffy marshmallow goodness. Which did you choose, Jake? I mean, I always choose to go forward. I feel like it's... Um, the only time I haven't chose chosen to go forward in Bastion was like once to see what would happen. But it's by far the most impactful ending. It's like... Yeah, it makes the kid basically a murderer <laughs> and someone who's done absolutely terrible things in this new world and... It's not really all that lighthearted, but it's also taking responsibility for it. Yeah. And I will always mm-hmm. appreciate more
1: so when consequences happen. When decisions, even if they're like bad ones, mean mm-hmm. something and stick. Exactly. I don't like little story points that get written off like a ah, we're gonna retcon that shit, or eh, it didn't mm-hmm. matter that much. Right. That's why like stories like with uh, Code Geass mm-hmm. where, oh, here's his master plan. Oh, that fucked up. Oh, we ended up killing a whole lot of people. I gotta own it and ride this wave. <laughs> and he just keeps descending further and further because he's afraid to go back. He knows mm-hmm. it would all be for nothing if he doesn't actually achieve his goal. Um, right. And it's very dirty and messy. And it's not morally right. It's very morally ambiguous but i like that i like
0: it exploring that and not just shying away from it right Mm -hmm. i think i mean the hero's journey is really boring if it's just succeeding at every turn Um, and bastion and other super giant games as you mentioned um really inject some uh some heartbreak in there um or sacrifices made along the way or even if you're not losing people you care about to like you have the choice to basically save all of the main people and in, in bastion if you choose to save zolf at the end um but the kid has also done a lot of terrible things and maybe he's changed for that right yeah that's the price you pay at the end um is you got to give up like a little bit of Yourself, or at least your moral high ground, because <laughs> you did do a little bit of ethnic cleansing toward the end. Not a lot, but there was a little bit there. <laughs> Enough to raise some eyebrows. Right. Yes. Um, so, anyways, this is a game about why ethnic cleansing is bad. And uh, it's a lesson we can all afford to learn from playing video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. uh, Bastion. Bastion is so good. I saw some of your early notes here and like there's some things about um I, I saw a little bit of, a little bit of criticism possibly and like the movement and things like that and I had to resist the urge to just be the fly shit out of to its defense yeah because to this day I get why Bastion is a lot of people's favorite. I mean it
1: um, was I'm trying to remember the actual time that it came out but there wasn't an indie game like this as i recall
0: oh my gosh yeah and this it was, was first game. Fucking water
1: yeah and it was crazy big crazy impressive for what it was at that time still is an amazing game hmm. just mechanically going back it's not as smooth as some other things that i'm used to for yeah. today's day and age again it's a nine-year disparity hmm. and i don't want to disparage it it is still insanely good
0: oh my gosh yeah as we've pretty much spoiled everything. I mean, I guess I already said I went back and I cried anyway. So play the game anyways, I guess. Even if you uh, yeah. listen to this one having not played it. Our descriptions cannot do it the same
1: justice as you playing through and having your own experience with it.
0: It's true. And uh, we're not good at singing the songs. So you have to rely on the snippets I put.
1: That in would the... have been a good edit. <laughs>
0: I already had a note for one of them. But oh, you mean us singing the song? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that's... Uh, we want people to make it through the episode, Dave. That's the one <laughs> the one thing we gotta get through.
1: <laughs> it's a fun idea. Keep that in mind. Pocket that one. <laughs> oh man. Pocket if strap I could get- force Jake to sing.
0: <laughs> I'm just imagining so we don't go into politics that much and I realize we're a little we're going a little long, but I need and uh, for a debate. Prior to one of these debates that comes up, Joe Biden saying, I'll dig a hole, and then Trump at the same time saying, I'll build the wall. And there you go. Oh, dude. Done. Got him.
1: I like that idea. We'll pitch it to them. I don't want to to play either part, but
0: I'll I'll do it for the meme. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Sebastian is an actual masterpiece and one of the best games ever made. So check it out. Um, and then play all of the rest of Supergiant's catalog.
1: Yeah. Honestly, just go through an order. Or just yeah. if you see one that might have a... Because they're all a little bit different genres. I guess yeah. Bastion and Transistor probably the closest mechanically. But find one that catches your interest. Check the shit out.
0: Yeah, Bastion's like action more. Transistor's more like tactics. Pyre is a sports game. <laughs> and it's and, good. And, and Hades is rogue like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh well thank you guys for listening. Uh this is this is one I was looking forward to. Uh it's always fun to talk about games that we actually enjoy. <laughs> Although sometimes we speak in the other ones just for some balance. All right. Um, as always, you could send in your feedback. Uh, to our email at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or one could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast um man Bastion's such a good game
1: Jake we have to end the episode though
0: <laughs> until next time we'll see you in the next one have a good night